G'day folks, welcome to episode 107 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. So this week we're going to revisit uh, the Grub updates that we talked about last week, going to see where they are at, plus I'm going to go through some open roles that we have on the team, so we will get to that in a bit though. First up we'll do our usual roundup of security fixes from the last week. This week, there has been a seven unique CVEs addressed by the team, and in particular, we're going to be talking about um, WPA Supplicant, Glib, Go, and Git, to name a few. All right, so let's get into it. So up first, we have an update for WPA Supplicant and Host APD. Uh, in this case, it was a single CVE, and actually, I talked about this back in last week's episode. Uh, this was around, actually, uh, P2P or Wi-Fi direct handling, so that's where you normally just have uh, two Wi-Fi clients each talking to each other, actually, without going via an access point. And in this case, uh, the, a remote uh, malicious client could cause a, a user after free in the local client, and therefore, you could then get possible code execution as a result, so therefore, someone within radio range could potentially do that. Uh, we've now rolled out that fix as well for our 1404 extended security maintenance customers so you now have that too then we had an update for uh, gnome auto ar this is a library for handling archives in gnome in particular it's used by nautilus the file manager so that you can do things like right click on an archive and say extract here that kind of thing so i talked about this back in episode 104 uh, when we released the update for that uh, it turned out that there was a regression as a result this was in the upstream fix uh, basically was incomplete and it introduced uh, another issue where it would fail to extract um, files within subfolders within uh, zip archives so that has now been fixed to make sure that that is fixed uh, so thanks uh, to the upstream gnome developers for fixing that one and yeah we've rolled that fix out now as well for uh, the affected users then, uh, speaking of GNOME, there was an update for Glib. Uh, this is uh, one of the main low-level libraries provided by uh, the GNOME developers uh, that's kind of used as a cross-platform abstraction you know, across a lot of normal sort of POSIX-type um, you know, operations like files and things, but also in terms of memory handling and the like. Um, so this was two different vulnerabilities that affected uh, 16.04, 18.04, and 20.04 long-term support releases as well as 2010, the Groovy Gorilla. Uh, both of these were around memory handling. Uh, the main one was uh, due to an integer overflow that was found that could happen uh, when allocating memory uh, for arrays. So when an application would want to allocate memory, it would you know, ask you know, for a new array to be allocated. That would then internally use a function called gmemdupe uh, that would take an integer argument. However, you know, the original function that was called would take a size argument, so a 64-bit argument, and gmemdupe would then take an integer argument, so you could get an implicit cast from this 64-bit size to a you know, 32-bit integer. And so if you had a value that originally was too large to fit inside that 32-bit integer, so you know, greater than uh, int max, then you would then get you know, a very that would overflow the integer as a result you would then get a very small number instead of that very large number so you'd allocate just a small amount of memory that would then get returned to the caller and then would eventually went to say fill in that array it would, you would then get a buffer overflow and so the problem here is that this gmemdupe function that takes an integer argument is actually a public API as part of glib uh, while it's used by this internal function gbytes new for allocating this kind of array type uh, it is also used by other callers, so they couldn't just go and say change the argument to that to be a, a size type. It still had to be an integer, otherwise you would break the ABI, the calling convention as a result. And so instead the uh, glib developers added a new function called gmemdupe2 that took a size argument and converted uh, you know, their own internal users like gbytes new to call that instead. Uh, so that then fixed uh, this actual vulnerability, but 
it means that there could be a bunch of other applications out there that are using this uh, GMemdupe uh, library routine to allocate their own memory. Uh, and so they could implicitly have their own integer overflows as a result. And in particular, if you are you know, doing uh, memory handling and only using integer size types, you could have uh, kind of integer overflows anyway on things like 64-bit platforms, where it's obviously quite common to have more than just say four gigs of memory. So uh, other applications, if you are using this API, you should be auditing how you're using it and hopefully converting yourselves to use gmemdupe2 as a result uh, to hopefully fix any possible integer overflows you have as well. So that was fixed for glib. There was an update as well for uh, libz standard. Uh, this is the um, compression library built by Facebook. In particular, uh, it would create files with default permissions. So that would mean that potentially you know, other users on your system would be able to read or write to them. And so uh, that was the initial vulnerability. They introduced a fix that would uh, chmod that, so change the uh, mode of that so that it was only accessible by the owner. Uh, the problem with that is that then you've got this quite small uh, but uh, a real race condition where there is this time gap between when the file's created and then when the permissions are changed via the chmod so that uh, you know, another user could still potentially access it. As a result, then a second CVE was allocated and uh, the fix then was to get rid of that chmod call but to instead use umask. So that then means that when the file is initially created, uh, the permission is set appropriately on it right from the beginning. You know, there's no need to then go and fix it up later. So that was fixed for libz standard. There was an update as well for Go. Uh, this is a single CVE, again, affecting Ubuntu releases 16.04, 18.04, 20.04 long-term support and Groovy Gorilla. Uh, so this was a low priority one, but uh, the fix was contributed by uh, one of the other uh, team members here at Canonical, uh, Darius Ganonski from the SEG team. Uh, he prepared this because these packages are actually in universe, so they're community maintained, so uh, they're not generally handled by the security team, but we are more than happy to sponsor fixes that are provided by others, so thanks uh, Darius for this. In this case, the vulnerability was a possible cross-site scripting issue between the way that uh, Go would handle uh, certain file types and the way that, say, the web server that's actually serving them would. And so Go would serve up uh, potential uh, you know, CGI content or others, uh, as a text HTML content type. Uh, the web server then would obviously present that as text HTML, even though it had, say, potentially been uploaded with a different content type to start with. And so that would then mean that, you know, you could get um, potential, you know, HTML or JavaScript injected via file upload, even though you hadn't intended, you know, to allow your web application to allow that. And then it would then go and get served up by the combination of Go and your web server as a result as that. And then you could get, you know, cross-site scripting attack as a result. Uh, so that was fixed. And finally this week, there was an update for Git. So one CVE here that again affected uh, our you know, supported releases, 16.04, 18.04, 20.04, long-term support and 2010. Uh, this was a, got a fair bit of um, press, mainly because I guess Git is a very popular piece of software. It's used by a lot of Linux users as they are often uh, software engineers themselves and dealing with Git repositories and the like. Uh, and, you know, the impact of this vulnerability was uh, code execution on the local machine and obviously you know your git clients are usually not running in a sandbox or anything like that so the impact of this could be quite high however uh, this issue uh, had a number of caveats where it would only affect particular users 
In particular, it had to be you had to be using uh, a local Git filter, so something like um, Git large file storage or something like that needed to be in your local Git installation and set up for that uh, to uh, be an issue. Plus, you needed to be using this on a case insensitive file system. And on Linux, things like X4 and all the, the rest of the standard Linux file systems, they are uh, case sensitive. You know, so if you have two files, one with uh, capitalized letters and one with lowercase letters, uh, they are separate files. Whereas on things like Windows, uh, those are uh, you know, often referred to as the same, or they are, they both point to the same file. You can't be distinguished uh, those different names. And so this uh, issue was much more likely to affect uh, Windows users of Git and often because a lot of the uh, Windows Git clients do have things like Git large file storage bundled in with them for convenience. Uh, so yeah, probably a more high impact vulnerability for Windows users out there, but uh, you know, had a lot of press and you know, still could potentially affect uh, Linux users, particularly if you are say running you know, a local Git on a you know, Windows um, file system locally or something like that. So we have patched that as well. So our Git users are now a bit safer as well if you were potentially impacted by that. And that's it for this week in security updates. So a couple other things that I wanted to talk about in this week's episode. I wanted to revisit uh, this Grub update that I talked about uh, last week. So this was uh, kind of the follow-on from last year's boothole vulnerabilities. And there was a bunch more work that's been done. And, you know, these other vulnerabilities in Grub have been fixed. It's necessitated uh, a, some updates to Shim as well. So that's kind of the uh, bit that hands over control between your UEFI BIOS and Grub that's the actual bootloader and that does the secure boot handling in between to make sure that Grub is properly signed and the like. Uh, so the shim work is still ongoing. Uh, in particular, I want to shout out to Dimitri John Ledkov from the foundations team who has been doing all the heavy lifting on that and has been working quite closely with the security team. So thanks, Dimitri. Uh, your help has been really invaluable. Yeah, so that is still ongoing. Plus, our certifications lab is still doing testing on the Grub updates themselves. So these are likely uh, to probably roll out next week at this rate. So yeah, just to keep you up to date on what's going on with the Grub updates there. And the other thing I wanted to talk about this week was some open positions that we have in the team. So previously, I've talked about, uh, you know, we were hiring for a new director for the team and a new manager, and those positions have both been filled, and I expect to get, uh, you know, the people that have actually joined our team in those roles on in some future episodes to introduce themselves. That will be awesome. Uh, but we have opened still some other positions. In particular, we are looking for an AppArmor security engineer, so someone to come and uh, develop AppArmor with us. If you are interested in that or you've got experience, experience in that uh, there's a link in the show notes as well we are looking for uh, someone to join our certifications team and do you know work with FIPS and uh, common criteria and the like with Ubuntu so if, again if that's your jam uh, check that out in the show notes and finally we are looking for a generalist uh, this position is open to candidates uh, all across the world the first two uh, being more restricted to uh, US and Europe time zones uh, just due to you know time zone convenience but this last one is a worldwide position so anyone in the world if you want to come and join uh, the Ubuntu security team, work remotely, uh, you know, help us you know, keep Ubuntu secure, work as a generalist on our team, I urge you to check out uh, that link as well in the show notes. Okay, so that takes us to the end of this week's episode. As usual, if you want to get in contact with the team about anything related to this podcast or obviously anything Ubuntu security related at all or report security vulnerabilities or the like, you can reach us at securityubuntu.com. We also hang out in the Ubuntu Harden channel on the Freenode IRC network. As well, we have the security section on discourse.ubuntu.com where you can come and uh, create a topic there for discussion with the wider community. And finally, you can reach us on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec. 
So thanks everyone for listening again for this week. A bit of a shorter episode this week, but yeah, I expect next week I may try and get on some other people to try and expand on things. That would be excellent. So yeah, until then, remember, keep calm because we've got your back and I will speak to you soon. Bye.